talked about how Daredevil's canceled the other week, and yes. it still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about how we hadn't really seen the third season because the second season was, okay, it's yeah. alright. Yep. Uh, and then we were like, well, what the heck, we'll watch the third season. And now we're like, oh, jeez. Wow. Watching the third season, it's, it's pretty good. I know. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't expect to immediately be caught up in that. I expected to just get to it someday, like... The second season of Luke Cage. Right. <laughs> Many second seasons of Marvel Netflix shows, but yeah. And for me, it's it's so weird because it's different. It's completely opposite of, of the real arc of Daredevil, which is starts off and it's like interesting. Then not just Frank Miller, but the Frank Miller era and artists of his ilk come in and make it like, you know, a real serious, um, important work of comics. Sure. And then... It gets bad uh, in the 90s under um, writers like, uh, I don't know, Chichester is the first guy that comes to mind, but just not good. And then it sort of has a resurgence in the modern era. And now it kind of sucks again. <laughs> kind of sucks again. Turns out Charles Sewell, just being a lawyer, doesn't make you a good Daredevil writer. No, it's that's weird. true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you should have stuck to She-Hulk. I don't know. And for some reason that they, they sort of, they've been using the elements in the quote unquote correct chronological order because you kind of have to they start the firm right ninjas show up right uh, and that sort of thing but the quality has been like the first season like solid a lot of promise second season garbage but fun garbage yeah and so where do you go from there and the answer is oh we pick it right back up and we basically do born again just without all the elements that we've already gotten rid of right which is too bad but you know what, Karen's not going to be a, a porn star? junkie porn star, no. so so it's okay to change some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But he's yeah he's been in that situation before, um, locked in a prison while it was like rioting, and without his mask on. And, yeah. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job in the show. I think the most recent one was almost ten years ago. Now they were doing a storyline where more or less his secret identity was out. Although I like the fact that it's just like in Spider Man Two and. Have I said this before, but this will be the last good thing I say about Spider-Man 2. Okay. But he's always losing his mask <laughs> in those movies. Yeah. And he basically, he saves a train full of people and they see his face, but it's like, it's not like Peter Parker is a rock star or something like that. Right. It's just a kid with brown hair. Right. And they, um, and it's a humanizing moment. Um, it humanizes him in their minds because they realize that this is just a kid. Like, right. He's going through all this to help us. And so it's. Forget all that. It's like the thing where it's like, well, if Matt Murdock, a blind lawyer, is Daredevil, how? Right. And how would you ever prove it? Mm -hmm. And I don't know where we're at now. (laughs) The last time I read Daredevil, he had moved back to San Francisco and was kind of, it was like an open secret that he was Daredevil. Okay. And he wouldn't confirm or deny it. Okay. But for a little while, they started to do a kind of fun thing because there was like a newspaper guy, um, not the Bugle, he owned like the other newspaper in town, mm-hmm. who won, who ran a story about how he was Daredevil. And so Matt was like, I'm a lawyer. I'll just sue him. Right. Uh, even though it's true. And that kind of, what, what, what are a hero's principles in the case of somebody finds out yeah. the truth about you, but right. you have to sue them for a defamation suit. Right. Or uh, for libel. And... How did that? That was near the beginning of Bendis's run. That was almost twenty years ago now. Uh, he basically 
had a chance. He got the guy. The guy was like a real, um, you know, uh, what's an example of a millionaire or billionaire character? Like a Hearst type character. Sure. And he basically got the guy to the negotiation table. And he was like, okay, well, tell you what. We, we won this suit, you know, or it looks like you're going to lose this suit, Matt says. So give me $500,000 and I'll just, I'm just going to donate it to soup kitchens anyway. Like I don't even want the money. Mm-hmm. But it's about the principle. Right. And at the last second, the, the Hearst guy's like, nah, screw you. I'm, let's go. Let's go to court. Wow. Let's double down. Wow. And Matt's like, whoops, I pushed that one too far. <laughs> then the guy shows up dead in a swimming pool. Oh, no. Or at least his head does. I think the body is somewhere else. Oh, that's even more terrifying. Yeah. And that storyline got dropped, I think. <laughs> but yeah. it was sort of interesting. Huh. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, great, great um, prison thing, uh, prison riot. Kingpin yeah. eventually gets busted and goes to jail during Bendis's run. And Matt goes to talk to him for some reason. Or I think Foggy goes to talk to him, and then Matt's got to get in and get Foggy out while this like riot's going on. So. Okay, all right. Well, I think it was really well done, but like you said, like they were doing? like rioting in the yard too. So <laughs> it it's was like, not a very realistic depiction. No, like. so like, why would they let him out? Yeah, and why would they let the cab driver just stay in the parking area? Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure that. They know that he was there. So after the many, many deaths, both prisoner and guard, that will be a result of this riot. Right. There will be an investigation by the police, mm-hmm. like there is on the outside, mm-hmm. and they'll want to talk to one Mr. Foggy Nelson. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll track the real Foggy down, and he'll be like, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. So it's he'll unethical. Like, and he'll be like... Damage. Yeah, that's the that's the nice thing about these quote unquote real world shows is because if this happened in real life and you caught him on the right day, Iron Man just swoops in and like freezes everybody or shoots foam on them and stops them. Yeah, and is like, oh, um, I'll take Mister Murdoch back. Uh, you know, he's blind. He uh, did some defense work for us, uh, sure. Stark Industries or whatever. And he's like, Matt, what are you doing? Right. But in this case, like, no, there's real world complications. The fact that. Matt uh, took Foggy's stuff, and he's yes. he's on camera basically as himself, but saying that right. he's Foggy Nelson, right? So, um, and then the cab driver somehow changes when he's. Asleep. I think that guy's dead. And that guy's dead. The other guy's dead. Yeah, I'm sure. And they just drive him into you know, the. I river. never sleep in a cab. No. Or an Uber. Bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. You know, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Running a three-month-long. Uh, special feature where you look at the works <laughs> of Greek absurdist filmmaker Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes, that is a good as idea. As a build-up to the release of his, boy, indie blockbuster, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, no kidding. It's Fox Searchlight, so I guess technically it's kind of an indie film. Uh, the Favorite. Yes. Um, and here we are. Here we are. We finally did Indeed. it. Indeed. We finally got to see it. It feels weird Doesn't to it? be... The first one at the party. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think I know what you We're going to talk about this film and how big it's gotten. It won 10. I don't know if it's the BAFTAs, but it won like 10 British Film Awards or whatever. Right. It's nominated for uh, five Golden Globes. We'll talk about the Golden Globes later in the show. It's uh, clearly going to get a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. Um, people are losing their collective shits. Yes, they and are. And they're throwing it off a balcony into their street, like <laughs> you would do at this time. Right. Um, yeah. And we knew about it 
this whole time. I've been saying for years how amazing this guy is. I know. I just under under the wire got you sucked into the world of Yorgos Lanthimos. You did. Now we are all Yorgos Lanthimos. <laughs> and I think the like, result like will be... Like I am Spartacus? That's yeah, yeah. Thing? So I don't want to take too much credit. I'm sure that a filmmaker this talented will definitely you know, reach the general public anyway. Right. But if us talking about things makes them happen, you're welcome, everyone. Right. <laughs> you're we're, welcome. We're behind all the awards and accolades. It's weird, it's though. Yeah. It will be like, um, think about all the directors that are, I don't know, I don't know if you follow directors, but if you follow directors, you're watching a film, mm-hmm. wow, these Wachowski brothers, they really got something. Right. And now we're like, wow, these Wachowski sisters can't just, make a good movie to save their lives right you know, what happens people flame out and so i don't know like there's a little director called david fincher who not really his fault made a bad alien movie but i was like i want to see more from that guy right and now he makes just kind of boil in the bag corporate oh no towing the line blockbusters but he made a lot of good movies up to that point he did so I'm wondering what uh, Yorgos Lanthimos' crappy Hollywood blockbusters will look like. Oh, if they no. all look like this one, a little yeah. spoiler of my review, I think we'll be okay. Okay. But I hope that the um, the the fix is, is beginning to be in. Yes. We should have seen it with Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman being in his last movie. Yeah. A uh, kind of washed up actor and a kind of and an actress who is pretty satisfied, I think, where she is, you know. She's literally the opposite of Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone is. would kill your grandmother in order to be more famous. Yeah. And I think Nicole Kidman's like, I got Tom Cruise divorce money. Like, I don't need to do anything. Right. And so she just does what she wants. Yes. So Yorgos was able to control that, but this is, um, this is a Hollywood movie. It is. I mean, and it's kind of surprising that it is. Yeah. It's like the little movie that could, but... Well, I don't know what that means, but we'll talk about... Those opinions of ours in more detail uh, later on when yeah. we reach that point in the show. What show? This show, the Just Enough Trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. And we're here to talk about all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment, specifically news about the Golden Globes. Yes. Awards for TVs. Yes. And, and movies houses. Yes. And... Songs that go in TVs and movies. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> but not actual music, though. Right. Uh, so we're here to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the news that's going around in the world of the nerd. And then, of course, finishing up our Yorgos I Hardly Lanthimos segment with a look at the favorite. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Cal. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about the favorite today. Um uh, it was good to finally see it. It seems like we've been waiting to see it for like forever because we, like you said, we've been planning this for a really long time. So um, we finally did it. We finally did it. We finally pulled the trigger. Uh, finally got to see it. So I didn't. I had no possession over the trigger. <laughs> okay. I, did, I don't even own the gun. All right. All it's right. It's their trigger. All right. We won't say the name of the crappy, crappy theater that we saw it in. That wow. was v- very much inconvenienced us. And I want that convenience feedback for the yeah. online tickets I bought yeah, that no I had kidding. to wait in a line to pick up from the desk. Yes. So, uh, I won't do them a disservice, but geez, come on. It was very inconvenient. It's there. We have the, uh, one. I should shout them out. I don't know. Maybe I've done it before. But anyway, we have one theater that we do go to in town that we've always had a positive experience. Yes. Um, I know the manager. I can say that. Yes. <laughs> literally. Yes. And it's not just because of that. But it's a it's a great movie house. Um, it is. Some of the snacks could be better, personal opinion. 
but I don't really care about that. And they ha- they do that thing that everybody wants to do now, which is VIP seats right. with access to appetizers and, and beverages and things and, like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they were one of the first ones to do it. Um, and they still do it pretty well. Although, to be honest, I hardly ever really take advantage of that. Like, yeah. It's just not something that I really, I don't go to the movies to have a turkey leg or whatever. Right. Um, but sometimes, um, I and all the seats are assigned, which is, yes. everybody is doing that now, or at least for the most part, which I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, every once in a while you want that extra big chair and lean back and... It's huge. I mean, my, my plenty of room. My butt is. I don't think I have that big of a butt. Do I? No, I don't think you do. <laughs> but uh, it could get a lot bigger, and still <laughs> enjoy this theater that I'm talking about. Why are we doing this? I don't know. Let's talk about the news. I think the biggest news items and the one that I want to, the ones that I want to get to immediately, so we don't run out of time. Yeah. Is um, the two big trailers that I can think of. Okay, sure. And I'm sure that we're missing some, but the two that I kind of had my eye on were. Of course, or sorry, actually it's kind of like three, isn't it? Yeah. The new Captain Marvel trailer. Yes. The recently released Avengers 4 Endgame mm-hmm. trailer and the Umbrella Academy trailer. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Since that's comics. Yes. Uh, what do you think about the new Captain Marvel trailer? Um, I thought it was, well, I thought it like showed us a little bit more of what she could do, what she's actually capable of, like her powers and everything. Um, I felt like her her lines in it were not quite as bad as the first one, but maybe just marginally. So um, we get to see her cat. So I guess that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah. I, but it doesn't really show us all that much more than the, the teaser did. I don't think, you know, uh, for it being a full trailer, I feel like it doesn't really show us the whole kit and caboodle, but Maybe that's too much to ask. So. I think it shows us a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we now know that it will be the Kree Skrull War, or at least some yeah. battle in the Kree Skrull War. That I hope isn't. We see what when we get the uh, the idea of the extent of her power too, because we know that she is a tough lady hero from uh, who right. hates blockbuster or whatever from the first <laughs> trailer. And they we, they keep talking about how powerful it is. We see that in this. Like she's, yes. yeah, we've seen Iron Man fly around and shoot lasers and missiles, but like she doesn't have any. She's doing that all by herself, right? And she's shooting like huge spaceships and blowing through things. And so we're finally getting like the the, the idea, you know, or seeing evidence that it's like you keep saying that she's gonna turn the tide against Thanos, and it's like okay, all right, yeah, I, I see that. Right, that makes sense. My question is, and this will just go right into the Avengers 4 trailer I guess uh, I liked it thumbs up um, it's I can't remember what I first said to you um, after we watched it but it, to me they can't screw these up anymore right. do you know what I mean yeah the only way to screw it up would be to somehow make it look less attractive and this is a push for me like it, it still looks like it's got a lot of potential and I still have the same concerns and I'm still going to buy a ticket. So right, right. mission accomplished. I hope the trailer didn't cost too much because it had no effect on me. <laughs> whatever, whatever it cost to get it to me, right. subtract that, get that back <laughs> as a refund. But yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks fine. Yeah. Um, going into the Avengers 4 trailer. Yes. I don't know what, <laughs> they keep talking about how Captain Marvel is going to save us, but can, can Captain Marvel travel through time? Because if she can't, I don't know how much she's going to be doing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Because it looks like that's what we're going to do here. Yeah, it does. Um, I think that's also the reason that the gauntlet breaks at the end of 
Avengers 3 is okay. because otherwise we could just get distract him shoot, shoot some web right. at him again right uh spider-man's gone yeah, go to his apartment get the get the web right uh and then carol punch his head off or just rip the glove off if it's just a question of strength she's got right. the strength and then we just turn it back but if it's broken and it can't be mended then there is no way to turn it back right and we have to go back in time mm-hmm. if they're going back in time yes what do oh um and so what, what do we see in the end game trailer what are the big takeaways cap uh, shaved yeah um let's see what else cap shaved um iron man is running out just because the of... <laughs> half the world's dead doesn't mean that you know you, you have to upkeep right um <laughs> iron man is running out of resources and he's gonna die soon he's records a message which he hoped reaches pepper he's floating in space but... on a ship that looks like the milano or one of the like ravager ships yeah and I, is Nebula with them? We That's see her walking around a similar yeah. looking ship. So I know. It seems like that would make sense since they were both on the. I but I would Titan think she would planet. be more resourceful in space because like maybe she f's off and leaves him there. That's why he's gonna die. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, got that. We see Hawkeye um, yes, in the long rumored Ronan uh, outfit. Yep. And we see that. Um, Everybody believes Scott Lang is dead, but of yep. course he shows up at the end. We also see something we didn't know before. It was all but confirmed that Shuri was fine at, at the uh, end of Avengers yes. 3, but we see her face in a list of the uh, missing. So, Oh, really? I didn't catch that. When Bruce Banner is going through the faces, like the Rick and Morty faces, one of the pictures is Shuri. I didn't catch that. Okay. Good Although if you're Wakanda... Mm-hmm. You've been hidden from the world for thousands of years. Yeah. Something huge goes wrong. Yes. Do you just go back into hiding? Maybe you do, you but flip, can you? You just turn the shield back on? Can you go back into hiding? Well, <laughs> for a, a country that is apparently uh, utopian and free, but you'd have to you tightly control yeah. your population, right? Mm-hmm. If you ever send anybody out, you give them a lip tattoo and like a right. secret identity, right? Right. So you must have... Plans. You must have contingency plans for if something goes wrong, like if Claw so. or somebody ever finds. Uh, how many cities are there in Wakanda, and are they all hidden in the way that the one city we see is? Yeah, that's so true. maybe if you just let people into that one, this is our New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could just evacuate Wakanda, New York. Yeah. Go to one that's of the other true. hidden c- cities, and then everybody's like, "Oh no, something happened." Right. <laughs> right. No, that's true. But really, true. you're just like, "Wow, that was a bad idea." We'll never do that Here's again. Here's another 3,000 years of yeah. being hidden in here. Yeah. Well, okay. I could see that. Um, do you think that... I think that um, uh, Hawkeye's family is gone. Yeah. I think that's why he's running. Yeah. It, it turns out that none... And that they never would be. Um, none of the disappearances are random. Right. I mean, I, they really weren't... I don't know. Maybe in Marvel editorial... In like 1991, when they were writing this thing, they were like, "Let's just roll some roll some dice here. Let's flip a coin, <laughs> see who's gone." Sleepwalker, right? Darkhawk, stays right. or goes, right? <laughs> but like, if you're gonna get rid of, say, Wolverine, like you wouldn't get rid of Wolverine because he's got six books out there, right? It's right. It's kind of the same thing with this. It's like, how does the entire Ant Man crew, except for Scott, disappear? I know that is not that's not very random. No, it's three not. out of four is not. It's not balanced. It's not random. And, and then Hawkeye's entire family, except for him, disappears. Right. So it's all 
you know, story fuel motivation. I want to know how Scott got back from what what is the mini the small verse? What is it called? The mini verse? What is it called? A tiny verse? A tiny verse. It's the quantum realm. Yes, the quantum realm. Because they all disappeared and he was in there. Yes. So how one, did he get out? And one dumb line from Michelle Pfeiffer in a post credit scene is yeah. like Careful, there's time pockets in there or whatever, so you'll get sucked in. Yeah. So the hill collect time energy, comes back. That's how they can power the little wristlet, you know, Apple iWatches that they've got that okay. we've seen in, in set shots okay. and travel through time. And my thing is, that's all fine and good, but you already had a, a time thing. Yeah, the time stone? Yeah. You have a whole yeah, thing that does time. I know. And... I think that they're maybe working up to some kind of, it's a fake or something. It's a fake. The time stone is a fake? Yeah. Don't you think? Possibly. How can you travel in time without the time stone? I don't that know. That you took all this time <laughs> to set up. Yeah, This is no time to but, argue about time. Oh my time. gosh. We don't have the, <laughs> the time. The time to argue about time. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's a precedent for that. Like, what? why does all the gems have to get together? Fine. But why does, uh, well, I guess he does use it to Doctor put Strange. Vision back together. I don't know how it works. He doesn't, what What part of time is wiping out half the universe? It's space, it's power, you could argue yeah. it's mind if he's collecting all the souls and they go to the mind stone or the, right. or the, sorry, the soul stone. So whatever, I don't know. Doctor Strange did that for a reason. We all know it. And basically my point is, uh, <laughs> This doesn't tell. This tells us all. This does is just tell us. Yeah, all the things that you pretty much assumed are true. Right. That's all it tells us. I know. Tony Stark is stuck in the middle of nowhere. He's got something to figure out. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye is ruining, uh, and his family's gone. Right. Uh, Cap, take, I don't know if he's gonna shave or not, but I just assumed. Then you've got Thor, who's looking like Eminem. You know, <laughs> his palms are sweaty, knees weak, hammers heavy. Oh my God. <laughs> There's dust on his sweater already. Oh Lucky spaghetti. Oh my god. <laughs> so Yeah. We'll he see. looks like he's sitting in the prison that that they all went into like at the end of uh uh Civil War. If they <clears throat> they don't actually actively kill their bad guys, but their bad guys all kind of die. Yeah. So it's yeah, I mean like maybe now that <laughs> I'm trying to think how they would bring that back in. Maybe it's really easy now. You took out half the people randomly, but a larger half happened to be good guys and policemen and good superheroes. And right. so it was really easy for them to go pick up the wrecking crew or whoever's left and just throw them in the vault and be like, all right, right. wow, we really don't have anything to do now. Right. <laughs> Except just sit and think of some way to get out of this situation. Yeah, I... Because Fury's gone. Fury is gone. Motherfucker. Yeah. And Anita Hill is gone. Um... I don't know if they have anybody at Shield who they can trust or what have Depends you. Depends on if um, Captain Smiley is, is gone or not. Yeah. Agent Coulson. Yeah. Maybe this will be the return of Agent Coulson. Maybe that the reason be. that they have kept Shield going for seven years is it was all a big long, you know, waiting game to get to a point where we've got Phil Coulson in Captain Marvel. Yeah. So we bring him back for Avengers Four, and they're like, wow. This gauntlet is powerful. He's like, no, I've been alive the entire time. I know. They're like, well, right or Where something. Where have you been? <laughs> it would be real easy for you to just 
you know, show up at one of our birthday parties or yeah. something? Get Cap to sign your cards finally. Um, so what do you think? The, the big question now is, since we're discussing these together, because they kind of go together. And they, they were do. deliberately released at the, on the same week. Um, haven't got the Far From Home one yet, but I think that they that will be soon. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 trailer will be soon. Um, so where do you think Captain Marvel is? We all theorize that she's in space, but yeah. I don't think that that's true now. Because if all this stuff takes place in the 90s, we get it all worked out. Then what happens? She could just fly because the Kree don't want her, right? Right. The Skrulls want her dead. Right. There would be nothing for her to do and nowhere for her to go in space. Yeah. So I don't I know. I think if... she's frozen in a shield Suspended lab animation. Yeah. That's I like... think that she like saved the world and then maybe in her last act as shield director, Peggy Carter like froze hit her. her and they zapped her with a thing or whatever and then froze her and was like, all right. Like the world isn't ready for well, her yeah, yet. Yeah, if we ever need her, you know, yeah. we'll we'll she'll be pissed, but she'll help. We'll send a beeper sound. Well, we don't know where the beeper goes. And I know. also it's just a tease. I mean it's I know. The beeper could be totally forgotten when we when start up. I know. So yeah, I don't think that she is in space. I think that she's somewhere on Earth. Um we see in the trailer that they're taking um a Quinjet, what looks like a Quinjet prototype, and there's a shield thing that says um, Pegasus, as in Project Pegasus, as in the loca- the base uh, where the Tesseract was kept in the oh. beginning of Avengers. Okay. 2012. Well, that got destroyed, though, right? Yeah, but Pegasus could refer to... It, it could just be the code name for their like real top secret, like dangerous type things, or their okay. sort of black ops science type stuff. So okay. if you've got a former... She's still kind of human. If you've got a former citizen of Earth who has all these crazy powers and you want to study her and or keep her around and, you know, break in case of emergency. Right. Maybe she's buried in Pegasus. Project Pegasus. Okay. Which I is a crater. Probably right now still. Yeah. In case anybody's done anything with that. Great. Good. Any last thoughts? No? Good? Um, no, I'm I'm good. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm really looking forward to the film. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, hopefully it'll answer questions that we had at the end of Avengers 3 and uh, hopefully like we're hoping that it will bring all the characters back that were gone so that's true yeah characters wanted characters wanted that's right I got some characters for you yeah it's for a new Netflix show Mm -hmm. it's coming out in February next year yeah it's called The Umbrella Academy right what do you know about it um well, the comic is written by, um, was it My Chemical Romance Guy? My Chemical Romance Guy. <laughs> it's a very specific power set. Yes. He's not okay. Right. Um, That's one of their songs. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, they're not okay. They're not okay. Gerard Way. Yeah. And penciled by Gabriel Ba. This is just an idea. There's some sort of story he's, I don't know. It comes from somewhere. Yeah. I think I read the other day. Because I've been reading Umbrella Academy to sort of catch up. It doesn't matter. I won't bore you with it. But what is it? Should I say what it is? I think you should say okay. what it is. Basically, it is a sort of knock on the X-Men. And it is a group of seven strange children who are adopted by a strange old man. Right. And he keeps them in a old house. And he's sort of create. It's a world where there are no superheroes. Um, it's not set in any, you know universe it's 
Vertigo, I guess, but it's well, sure. Actually, it was Dark Horse, wasn't it? Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. All Dark right. Horse has the development deal with Netflix, right? Doing that a bad is job. A good real, real bad job. I don't this. know the answer to that. Uh, anyway, uh, Gerard Way is he, you know, d- does the Young Animal imprint for uh, Vertigo Light for DC. So right. that's the connection there. Anyway, they are strange powered people who live in a weird, goofy world. Um, it is dark. Uh, the the main action of the story takes place uh, in the present time. Mm-hmm. I don't, or maybe it takes place in the eighties, like it does in the show. I can't remember, but it's not a big deal. Okay. And they are all um, they've all been basically scattered. Um, their lives have been ruined by their superheroing. Okay. <laughs> it's like the X Men meets Watchmen meets something else. Maybe um, what's that? Something by, uh, oh boy, Superman 2 and now Matt Fraction. What's wrong with me? Um, <laughs> what's the Matt Fraction book with, with the guy with the multiple realities? And it's, it was like his very oh. first thing. Oh, God. Well, I don't really want to know. <laughs> I don't want to remember. But it's like that. It's a multiversal, weird, you know, um, maybe Jackie O was a chimpanzee in a pillbox hat. <laughs> Just lots of weird stuff. There's a talking monkey. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Because why not? Um, well, Ellen Page, because why not? Yeah, I know. Not excited about that, I'm guessing. She has no reason to be there. It doesn't, it could be anybody. Did you recognize any of those other actors? I did not recognize any of those other actors. Great. Yeah. And maybe you need something to sell it. But I'll tell you, the character she's playing, I don't, no spoilers, but she's not that, she's not that important. Okay. So they're probably going to have to change the... <laughs> the story, which I'm not happy about. Oh, that's How does this, not cool. What is it? What, what, uh, it's a, just a the teaser trailer. It's like a yeah. bog standard Netflix teaser trailer. Here's mm-hmm. a bunch of images. Uh, what do you think, and how do you think it compares to what you have seen of Sci-Fi's Deadly Class? I thought it was kind of similar in some ways. You know, um, they were wearing school uniforms. It kind of looked like, um, and it seems like they have varying powers that sort of thing so i mean they're like a group of misfits with different powers and that sort of thing and uh yeah i thought it was actually fairly similar to deadly class it reminded me of deadly class at any rate um so yeah i think it's they're kind of they're kind of similar and they're going to be on around the same time i think so yeah um uh yeah um they didn't try to make it look really different from that, I don't think. I just think that that's the look now. Like, kind of, like, dark and shadowy and... I think everything looks like that. Um, you just recently picked up The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. It looks the same. TV has right. learned to do movie lighting. hmm But still, the cinematography is still kind of TV. Right. And... Some kids with slick back hair, like like that's the new look. All shows, all Marvel movies now look like Guardians of the Galaxy instead of looking like um, like a washed out, you know, grayscaled war right. movie. Now they look like Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. uh, and all TV shows look like Sabrina, look like Riverdale, like right. Riverdale. <laughs> the whole point is. Riverdale must be one of the comics that uses the least amount of b- dark ink, black ink, right, out of any comic. Mostly because all oh, those kids are white in Riverdale, but 
But it's also sunny, sunny, bright. Now, no, they're in a diner. Right. And they're driving a car from the 50s, but he's got a smartphone and nobody understands how it works. Right, exactly. No, that's um, that's very true. Well, and like, and like Sabrina, like her boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle, he has like this nice red truck that looks like it's from the 50s. And I don't know how he can afford it because his dad runs the coal mine in town and his brother works there too and his dad's kind of abusive and like wants him to work there too. And Harvey likes drawing and he likes comic books and they like they mention like Alan Moore, Grant Morrison and stuff like that as some of his idols and stuff. Ooh. I know. And and <laughs> yeah, Sabrina's a comic too, but it's yeah, just I'm like really missing out on this. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know how he could afford that car. <laughs> if he owns, does he own the mine or work in the mine? I think he owns the mine. So he owns the mine. And he works A lot there. of money that, he owns it. And he, so it's a, just a mom and pop uh, right. <laughs> cave. Son, you got to work down there. I own oh. it and I work there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, just I liked for men. mining coal so much. I, I liked coughing so much. I bought the company. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make any sense. Nope. It does not. Okay, uh, want to talk about the news real fast? Yeah. Because this is just going off the, off, the, off the rails. There is so much news. We're going back to news and you lose. Okay. Y- you, you choose your news. <laughs> you choose your news. That's what it is. All right. Uh, Star Wars Rogue, one spinoff, gets its showrunner in Stephen Schiff. I don't know who that is. Do you? You're supposed to choose whether you want to know more. Oh, um... Do you want to know more? I guess I want to know more. Do, do you care about Star Wars? Not remember, really. Remember how to play this game? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's save it. You get. Let's say you get three picks. Okay. Uh, ready? Right. Continue. Then. Okay. Shang Chi, Marvel's first Asian film superhero franchise, is on the way. I'd like to know more about that. Okay. Well, there's nothing to know, so it's a waste of a click. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> Dave Callahan, Callahan is uh, scripting it. Uh, they are searching for a director, uh, an Asian director. Okay. But they don't have a director yet or a star or anything else. It's okay. just been announced. And uh, how how real is this? Yeah. I don't know. But it's this, it's a similar thing to, oh, we've, we've got a screenwriter. We've got a script for this Black Widow movie. Right. As real as any movie is at the script stage, which okay. is to say not 100%, right. but not zero. Right. That's how real this is. Okay. All right. Well, it has potential, so that's good. Uh, can I throw something up? Yeah. What's Justin Lin up to? I don't know. What is Justin Lin up to? I don't know. Because I haven't seen a car movie from him for a while, right? No. So no. maybe he'd want to do a kung fu Get in on this? Yeah. Or the who's the raid guy who does the raid movies? Yeah, I don't know. Be that kind of thing, right? Sure. You just have Shang-Chi give him a hatchet. Or he's fighting guys with hatchets. There you go. Okay, sure. In a hallway. Right. Why wasn't Shang Chi a Marvel show or a Netflix show? I don't know. I've you're nervous because you been... don't know. You're nervous because you don't know anything about Shang Chi. Here's what you need to know about Shang Chi. Nothing. He's a comic book from the '70s. He was created because Bruce Lee movies were popular, and technically. Fu Manchu, like the sex rumor villain, is like his grandfather or something like that. Okay. But they don't do anything with that anymore because it's kind of racist, right? right. So you there, you do not need to know anything. <laughs> He's well, just Marvel's Bruce Lee. I think, you know, um, Iron Fist was, didn't do super great. So maybe they were like, maybe no more Kung Fu. Good point. So, yeah. yeah. But maybe that was 
Danny Rand's fault. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's He's not. Prick. Yeah. Um, did we talk about Evangelion coming to Netflix? I'm pretty sure I we do. We I think That feels familiar to me. So yeah. uh, I guess instead I'll say that uh, Netflix is um, developing a, lo- uh, not live action, a Ghost in the Shell anime. Oh, I think we talked about that too. Um, yeah, I think we did. Do you know how this game works? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass because oh. I think we talked about it. We did not, oh. but that's okay. Fans can look that up on their own. Uh, how about Resident Evil has a writer? The Resident Evil reboot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on that too. Okay, being directed by the guy who did 47 Meters Down. American Gods sets its season two premiere date. Um, I'm going to pass on that too. Netflix and Marvel reportedly clashed over episode lengths for Daredevil and Iron Fist. I kind of want to know more about that. I don't know what you're up to, but let's call this two. Okay. So a report came out from an quote-unquote insider. Um, and we can use this to talk about what we know about the cancellation as well. But yeah. um, nobody knows why, uh, if you look at Parrot statistics or whatever, streaming figures show that it's their top ten as they've always been. Sure. One of the most streamed shows. And so nobody knows why they were canceled. Uh, we all, at the same time, know why. It's mm-hmm. because why am I going to put your show out when you've got your own thing that's coming. Disney Plus. We refuse to continue to invest in you right. when you could just pull the rug out at any time. Right. Um, and everybody f- understands that, but that means that there's a lot of actors and writers and crew people and <laughs> directors who are all like, but will they? Right. And if they do, do we get a job? Or right. is they going to find like a real redheaded guy to play Daredevil? Right. And so nobody knows. Um, the writers literally just were brought in for like a lunch, like a sushi lunch. And then at the end of it, they're like, yeah, so there's no more show. Yeah, which like, is just oh, so crazy for me. Okay. Well, you know? we just spent the last week plotting out season four. Right. Uh, so nobody they nobody knew ahead of time. Uh, Charlie Cox was uh, talking. And he just continues to me to seem to be like one of the nicest guys on earth. Mm-hmm. But he basically just said like, yeah, I, I was blown away. I really thought we were coming back and we had talked about it and where we're taking the show. And they're like, would you do it on another network? Or would you like? And he's like, you know, I don't want to even speculate because a lot of people's jobs well, are tied up in this. And so right. it would be wrong for me to really do that. Right. But he's like, but yeah, I mean, I'd do it tomorrow if they wanted me to do it. Right. He's, he's open to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently they clashed uh, Netflix and Marvel over episode lengths. Now, that's the title of the article. But if you read the article. Yeah. Um, I'm reading this article. This is from that hashtag show.com. Okay. It's really the length of the season that we're talking about here. Okay. Netflix was looking for shorter seasons. Um, they had actually wanted to cut um, it down. Uh, they had cut. They wanted to decrease uh, uh, season two of Iron Fist. To 10 episodes from 13. Okay. Which, in my opinion, could only make it better. I'm right. not sure why 13 is the magic number for I'm not Marvel, sure why it is But either. they stood on that, and there was no uh, second season of Iron Fist. Yeah. And that affected basically all the other shows. They wanted to reduce uh, Luke Cage um, and Daredevil as well. Okay. And that was a deal breaker. All right. Well, um, I think Disney Plus coming out was also a deal breaker. Um you know, uh, the I think um, it's great that we got these Marvel shows, uh, but like you said, I mean they're going to be on, Disney Plus has their own thing, and maybe they'll be continued there. It's only time can tell. Golden Globes. <laughs> 
Um, do you want to talk about Golden Globes? I actually don't really. Okay. Uh, I mean, what's the big story? Vice. Um. Uh, the favorite. The favorite. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know either. People are Black Panther got nominated. Yeah, and people are surprised that I guess Atlanta got snubbed. Uh, Miss Maisel, of course, is back. Mm-hmm. Very few surprises, I think. Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Why make a story out of that? Uh, Night Gallery uh, reboot coming. I know nothing about that, so I'm going to pass. Okay. So no more. You don't get to vote anymore. I'm just going to read a bunch of headlines in a mockery of journalism. Okay. We're just going to give up on it because we have to talk about this movie that we've built up to for three months. Uh, Obsidian is releasing a... They're the developers of Fallout New Vegas. They are releasing a Fallout-esque uh, game called The Outer Worlds, which looks like a steampunk space game. Okay. In the vein of a Fallout. Uh, what else? Aquaman is kicking butt in China. They made $25 million okay. this last Friday. All right. Looks like Danae Villeneuve and Roger Deakins are parting ways uh, over Dune. Okay. Which is bad news. It is bad news. I feel news. like he's, they're a team. And yeah. The visuals are half of his film, so I don't know what he's going to do with all these Dunes, but they're not going to look like a Roger Deakins Dune. Yeah. Leia Sadu is coming back for Bond 25, which leads me to believe that we are doing Honor Majesty's Secret Service again. Okay. Yeah. Right. She's gonna get killed. Okay, great. Plastic Man is in development at Warner Brothers. Early development. What is Plastic Man? What is Plastic Man? Yeah. Plastic Man. I don't know what Plastic Man. You're is. gonna have to look it up on your own time. Psychonauts Two has a first trailer that I recommend you go check out because who could believe that we're getting a Psychonauts Two? It's amazing. Okay. Amy Adams, speaking of uh, DC Warner Brothers, she thinks that she's out of the DC universe. She has not oh, really? heard from anybody. She hasn't signed anything. Nobody's talked to her about nothing. Well, Superman is pretty much gone, right? No more so. Amy Adams. Yeah. Huh. How's Superman gone? Isn't he gone? Like, haven't they just, hasn't he decided he doesn't want to play Superman anymore? Oh, I mean, the actor's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah so the just, actor's gone. I smell a reboot. Yeah, I do I too. smell a flashpoint coming. And it looks like Jodie Whittaker, uh, despite the rumors, the rumors of her regeneration have been greatly exaggerated. She yes. will be back for a second season, which has been ordered mm-hmm. and is scheduled to come out in 2020. Okay. I mean, that's a little ways for now, but all right. Yeah. Gotta, that's kind of how Doctor Who works, I guess. So Doesn't have to. No, it doesn't have to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it didn't, ha- didn't happen that way in the past. Yeah, I know. That's the way it is now. Yeah. Got to wait a while. I mean, I guess it's because the effects are a lot more complicated now. They take more time. I guess the scripts are better or whatever. But they used to just spin these things out, you know? Mm-hmm. Now we got to wait years and years for new Doctor Who. Yeah, I know. It used to be, where's William Hartnell's teeth? Right. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> that one time we had to wait for a year because he had to get new teeth made. Oh, my God. He got his heart medicine. We're good to go. Right. Back to the TARDIS. That's right. is 1708 mm-hmm. we're at war england is at war with france yes and the ducks are racing yes they are it's the favorite the new film by yorgos lanthimos mm-hmm. what happens in the favorite um well basically uh rachel vice's character um 
Thera Churchill uh, is uh, the queen's Queen Anne's uh, favorite. Basically, she kind of helps rule England in Anne's stead. Um, she persuades her of uh, going a certain route with the war and that sort of thing. And then her cousin, uh, Abigail Hill, shows up and says she wants to be employed somehow by Sarah. Uh, and she is at first made like a basically a scullery maid, and she slowly climbs up the ranks. Um, she makes some sort of herbal remedy, if you will, <laughs> that she puts on the queen's CBD. legs. Yeah. CBD oil. And... Uh, she kind of sneaks into the queen's room with, and like she lied to the footman. And so Sarah is going to have her whipped, but then the queen says that her leg feels better. So then she stops it and she makes her her maid. And the story goes on from there. Um, basically, Abigail kind of worms her way in to become the queen's favorite, uh, if you will. And Sarah, will. And Sarah loses favor. Uh, and is actually eventually kicked out of the castle. So, um, it, yeah, it's definitely um, people vying for power uh, and uh, in the court. Um, Abigail is helped by somebody named, like, I think his name is Harley or Hartley. Yes. Um, and he's in Parliament, and the Queen makes him the new Prime Minister. When does Sorshi Ronan say, I am the Queen, but I am your sister? <laughs> Wrong movie. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, Queen Anne. Uh, it's, that's um, Mary Queen of Scots. So it's uh, a different film. Yeah, and it's about the, the maneuverings uh, and the passions of people in power. Yeah. Like any Yargos Lanthimos movie. Well... <laughs> Kind of. That's why I think that this is the first. We always like, oh, what's it's his first Hollywood movie? No, this is his first. Ho- no, this is his first Hollywood movie. This is his first Hollywood movie. I feel like it because is because it's the first time that he's kind of doing it for hire. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, for he, okay, this is like, <laughs> this is absolutely his film. Yes, it is absolutely a Yorgos Lanthimos film. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like this is the first film that is not entirely his vision. I would agree with that. It's, it's not, not him and his longtime screenwriter. Partner. Yeah. Um, this is these are two. This script came pre-made. Um, I yes. read an article about the lady who, or the guy that came up with the script. No, it was a lady, uh, Deborah Davis, wrote this almost twenty years ago. Yeah, I think um, it, 1998. Yeah, she, and it just kind of kicked around for a while, and then um, when Yorgos um, was brought on to do it, and he was brought on. It wasn't his his project. He didn't write it. Right. Uh, he brought um, this other uh, writer, or was probably assigned this writer, Tony McNamara. Okay. Uh, who wrote uh, or worked on the uh, Doctor Doctor, which is like a Australian um, drama series. Okay. And so he worked with that guy to retool the script, and then we had what we had. Okay. This movie. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, we'll get into you know what we thought about it individually, but I think we should talk about the circumstances of it in the first place. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's historical. Yes. Things probably didn't go exactly this way. No. But everything that happens in the movie did pretty much happen. For the most part. Yeah. Like there really was a real Duchess of Marlborough. She was yeah. uh, the favorite of Anne and was friends with her f- since From childhood. childhood. Yes. It's 
historians and historical scientists always debate, but of course in this day and age it's becoming more and more open. We It's possible that they did have a relationship like they have in this film. Yeah. Yes. Um, some people think that. Um, you know, just because a lady has a favorite doesn't mean that that's what's going on. Right. Or if a man has a favorite. Right. Although we know that that happened as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, and she, you know, this Sarah Churchill is, um, you know, she's a very important historical figure of this, of the restoration. Yeah. Um, she was also part of, you know, she was doing political stuff during the rule of William and Mary as well. Mm-hmm. And got in a lot of trouble. Because of the sort of machinations and things that she was trying to do, you know, make policy. Right. And basically, you know, they tried to kick her out of England and and yes. uh, Anne wouldn't let it happen. And so, yeah, so this is all based in, in like the best, <laughs> I am the queen and your sister, like yeah. the best <laughs> historical dramas, you know, there's a more than a grain of truth. Mm-hmm. There's a salt shaker full of truth. Yeah. And then we just put the, uh, the rice of drama in there. <laughs> <laughs> you see that you put the rice in a salt shaker did your grandma ever used to do that my grandma never used to do that but i see that at restaurants every yeah once keeps in a while. the salt from clumping up i guess is what right. happens is that a problem maybe in warmer know. climates maybe it is in I warmer climates Humid yeah climates uh so anyway yeah um and so we've got a yorgos lanthimos film that yes. features and we'll get to our little game yes. but we'll feature many of the things that you would expect from a yorgos lanthimos film mm-hmm People, this time in power, usually, I think what sets Yorgos Lanthimos movies apart is that it's somebody who has power, but who, who cares? It's the power of a father. It's the power of, yeah. <laughs> of an ambulance driver who arbitrarily appoints himself the head of, yeah, your, I know. of your clan of people who pretend to be dead people. Yep. Uh, you know, it's like, it's never political power or like real world power. It's the sort of pettiness that can come out of like controlling your little patch. Right. But now we've got... A queen Political who power. literally rules an entire nation yes. and an empire. And so that changes the dynamic a little bit. Mm-hmm. And once we get into it, that's one of my complaints okay. about the film. But okay. what did you think about the film? What were your impressions? Um, I I enjoyed it. I, I did feel like it was, there were definitely moments and things that was like, okay, well, that's definitely a Yorgos Lanthimos touch there. Um, but I, I feel like... Um, this is a, a departure for him, for sure. Like he said, um, this is something very different from what he's done in the past. They're based on on real people, for one thing. So they all have actual names. Like, um, I mean, his characters in The Killing of the Sacred Deer all had names. But that was basically, a, that was another departure for him because... Previously, they would have just been brother, sister, what I don't, have you. Yeah, I don't know if it's his as his storytelling. I don't know if it's becoming more sophisticated and therefore we need names or if it's just because you can't call your kid son. Right, right. Because that would be just a step movie. more removed. And I then Barry Keown is like, you'll have to kill your son right. or your daughter. Right. Maybe just like Janie. <laughs> And Tom, right, or whatever, right, is Bob. Bob was the uh, son's name. The son's name, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think one of the things, like it was, it was really gross in some parts, <laughs> which I think is a Yorgos Lanthimos touch. Like, there's a scene where the queen is eating like blue cake, and she's not supposed to have sweets because her stomach it doesn't agree with her, right. And so she's taking giant bites of this cake, and then just throws up 
really loudly and grossly and then continues to eat the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever a ruler that was abstemious? What does that word mean? Like, do you think William Mary jogged a lot? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Because we see this. It's a it's an old trope of uh, showing the aristocracy, you know, and like eating a piece of cake while having sex with a lady from behind and then throwing up right. on her and then eating cake and then right. feeding her the cake. And yeah, uh, we see this. OK, let's we're going to say this name a couple times for the next 30 seconds and never say it again. Because thank God we don't have to. But Mark Gatiss appears in this. Yes. Mark Gatiss previously played King George. I'm trying to remember. Um, sure. In Taboo. Oh, yes. And he is corpulent and flatulent. Mm-hmm. And we always see him, you know, stuffing his face. And that's true. Eating and playing with his birds or something like that. And that's, we've got a little bit of that here. Mm-hmm. But we're not supposed to care about Mark Gatiss's character. No. He's just a force a political force that um, Tom Hardy has to contend with. Yes. And Jonathan Price as well. And so I think if we did a little too much puking, we would not care much about uh, Anne. <laughs> so she has to that's be humanized. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. And that was one of my complaints with the film is that if these people have, once you bring rulers in, you got to go one of two ways. You don't have to go one of two ways, but usually things go one of two ways. That they are you know, monsters who are corrupted by their power and are just caricatures right. that are detached from the regular people like Fat Mark Gatiss. Right. I guess we haven't said yet. Mark Gatiss is in this film. Yeah. But for like two minutes. Yeah. He plays Lady Marble's <laughs> yeah, husband. Yeah, he's yeah, he's uh, Rachel Weiss's husband. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go to war. And then he leaves. And then he comes back. He's like, no, oh, it was a pretty good war. Yeah. And that's it. So, I don't know. Good for him to be in a movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that it's almost definitely going to win a Golden Globe and yeah. maybe an Oscar. Uh, so they're either monsters who uh, power has corrupted or it's tough. It's tough to do this. Yeah. Heavy lies the head, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real tough. I am your sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never going to stop needling you over your anticipation of Mary Queen of Scots. All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, and this is like it wants to do both. And I don't think it does both real well. Okay. As we start off, Abigail is not Abigail. Uh, Anne is literally just like a human baby yeah pretty much like a well I mean, in adult form <laughs> as opposed to an alien baby i mean like an adult baby yeah and we see a little later about how it's that she's you know what 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 is a person like who has been catered to the way a queen or a um, high stationed person has their entire life right we get it back she becomes more normal later but i don't think it's through any real well done machinations in the script i think they just had a couple scenes where let's have her throw up some cake yeah and also let's have her you know just act like a goon and want to get pushed around in her wheelchair or something like that yeah. <laughs> and then later on she's like i must make these decisions of state it's like what right yeah i didn't really follow i didn't see how i didn't track her character her, development her change of mind that sort of thing yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, why why she suddenly is like, I need to be more serious about this. Um, yeah. I don't know where that change comes the from. The only change that happens is that Abigail comes into her life. And right. Abigail is not, she's not trying to exert that kind of influence. No, she's trying to be very careful and not ask directly anything from the queen. All she wants is station. Yeah. And we, as she depart, uh, detaches from Sarah, who does you know the the work of state basically for yeah. her 
we don't really see her go, oh, I don't have my consigliere to do all this anymore. I got I to gotta get serious about this. No. That happens. That That is literally what happens. Right. And that may have happened in, in the real world. But I don't, I can't identify anything in the script that really, except for the little thing where Abigail's like, oh, you don't want to go to a party and, and be late to the party or whatever, and gives her this little like offhanded metaphor, metaphor about yeah. how to, uh, you know, station an army or something. And right. then suddenly she's like, oh, I'm a real queen now. Right. <laughs> I know. What? I know. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, like, supposedly, didn't I guess that's something that was like a departure in the script. Like, supposedly, uh, Queen Anne was a little bit more involved politically and made some of, you know, quite a few of her own decisions sure. in that way. Um, but I think, you know, it was a definite choice to. Yeah, and that's the story that we Infantilize her. Yeah. Um, and make her an adult baby. Yeah. Um, uh, and she, you know, she's kind of a brat and wants her way. And if she doesn't get it, she'll like scream. Um, yeah. So also, yeah, there's just, I think it lacks and not in <laughs> the adults acting like kids uh, way, but I think it lacks a sophistication or okay. a maturity. Okay. The script. Sure. Um, you've got Duchess of Marlborough, Sarah Churchill. Yes. Played by Rachel Weiss. She has been managing, both loving, but also manipulating her lover, Anne, yes. for years. Yes. And that in, in that, you get, I think, that sort of, it's for the good of the state type thing. Like, I love you, but also, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and we'll, right. this country will be in a lot of trouble if you can make all the decisions. Right. So I both do care about you, but I will also tell you what you need to hear so I can get this thing passed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you think if she had done that for years and years and she was good at manipulating people, some her cousin from the country coming in wouldn't be such a shock to her. She is totally unprepared for this. She is. Has there never, ever been like another... Rival, bug-eyed, <laughs> a lady uh, in waiting in the house who, like the queen, she's never had a rival for her affections before. Apparently not. Like, yeah. there's not been somebody who's ambitious as, as ambitious as Abigail, at least. You know, maybe there was somebody who thought maybe, oh, they could <clears throat> pull one over. And on she Sarah immediately and she... sets herself up to be like, you, you gotta go. Like, you can't go through me. Because Abigail, you say ambition, and it's just personal ambition. It's not like she wants right. to run the country. Right. But she basically sets it up that it's like, you're getting nothing if I'm still here. And so Abigail's like, well, you got to go then. And I'm willing to do more than apparently you're ready for, even though you must have fended off things like this before. Or yeah. why aren't you just cool with her? Because you both have husbands or... You know, yes. at least you do. So, like, the why queen, is it... No, the queen has too, but not in this movie. Right, but, but he doesn't show up at all. Yeah. Um, so why isn't she cool with her having like a side piece, basically? Just being like, this is the way it goes. I'm not happy about it, but the too much is at stake. But instead she's like, you're dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're dead. Yeah. Um, this is this is, this is is all, we're doing YouTube uh, criticism right now. This is all plot hole stuff. None what? of this really matters. It's just, these are the little things that sort of didn't, you know, took me out of it. Well, I like yeah. it when there's a warmed towel rack. In a, in a, but there is no warmed towel rack in this hotel. Why not? Right. Well, it's still I a mean, nice hotel. I mean, I gotta say, what I kind of agree with you though. Like, why is she not prepared for arrival? And like, has she not faced this before? It that's it's a little like you said. It's a little unbelievable. Um, but it's just it's also unbelievable that Abigail will just like 
put her on her butt so much you know like she just like <laughs> she just like takes her out you know yeah and she's like i'm going to replace you and i'm going to do it swiftly why too. would you drink anything she handed you that is a good question why would that even happen yeah um not a smart move because that's what happens in the story now. yeah i know <laughs> yeah and that supposedly um was a fiction they made up for well, the story uh, yeah, of course but um yeah supposedly in, in real life um abigail did get married without um sarah knowing and it wasn't until that happened that uh sarah really started to mistrust her and like um say that she needed to be gone yeah um and apparently sarah insisting that abigail be gone was really what kind of pushed the queen over the edge of like no you're gonna be gone you are no longer the favorite that's right goodbye you are dismissed yeah um and people don't think they were doing it huh I, I know. I mean, I, I feel What's like... What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. So uh, Let's talk about who's in the movie. All right, let's. Let's talk about the top-billed person. I believe I wasn't paying attention yes. uh, when the credits are rolling, but uh, on the internet it says that it's Olivia Coleman. That's right. Will this be it? Is this her time? Who's she up against? Um, oh, boy. Who is she up against? We can look at Golden Globe um, drama films. We'll yeah. do that. Um, I was watching the I was watching the entire movie, believe it or not. Yeah. I was watching the last scene where it's uh it's a, well, well, let's not spoil. This is, you know, in, okay. the, in the theater still. Yes. Um but I was watching the last scene uh, with Olivia Coleman and Emma Stone and I was like one of these actresses has an Oscar and the other one doesn't. I and know. I don't know how that's not some kind of cinematic crime. Yeah. I I don't I don't disagree with you. I mean, Olivia Coleman is an incredibly talented actress. Um and uh, I think she deserves an Oscar for sure. Um, whether she, this is her time or not, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Her time. If, if her time. If she's gonna win it or not, um, I always feel like competition is kind of steep. Thanks for explaining how competition works. Do oh, you want her hey, to win? It? I do want her to win. She would be up against, based on the Golden Globe noms, um, Rosamund Pike for okay. a Private War. Okay. Uh, Nicole Kidman. For Destroyer. Okay. I think Destroyer is a film, right? Yeah, I think so. They go in between, like, just direct to whatever's. And, uh, Glenn Close for The Wife and uh, Lady Gaga. I'm guessing that Melissa McCarthy will not oh. get a uh, Oscar nomination, I'm, but I'm who knows? Guessing. I could be wrong. Um, okay. Oh, and of course, Emily Blunt for Mary for Poppins. For Mary Poppins. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that's a tough one. I don't. Uh, you don't? No. I think that this. I think this is it. You think this is this is her and she's got it. It depends on if Hollywood wants to get political. Maybe Rosamund Pike will have a good chance. It also, I've said this before. Like I don't have any love for A Star Is Born. I get that it's touched a lot of people and people yeah. worked hard on it. But I think mm-hmm. a lady in a Kermit dress, <laughs> you know, winning the Oscar. Yeah. I think this is going to be one of those. It's an honor to be nominated. Like okay. things. Think about she, it. You've made it all the way from New Jersey to the audience of the Oscars. Yep. You've got years ahead of you. You're so young. You have years ahead of you mm-hmm. to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Maybe not for A Star is Born. The yeah. The fourth remake of that. Yeah, I know. If I was Mr. Oscar, that's how I would go. Okay. Uh, yeah, she totally deserves it. And I'll say something about this film. It's only 120 minutes. It doesn't drag, but I think it's too long. Or at least not enough happens at the beginning. Hmm. 
because yeah, the it wasn't is slow. Yeah, and I was especially with Coleman because I was watching her closely, and she does great in the beginning, but she doesn't do much in the beginning. She's just this. She's this sort of caricature of what you think of as I'm the queen. Stop playing the music. Yes. And then we get into her character and she becomes, you know, much more developed as the film goes on, but we don't get it immediately. And I think part of the, that is the problem of the construction, which is we start with Emma Stone. She's our I, yeah, ostensible hero mm-hmm. and she's not. In. Yeah, I know. But the movie isn't really even about her. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it keeps remembering, oh no, we're, this is an Emma Stone movie. Right. <laughs> which, you know, I'm not happy about that. Right, I know. But I'd be fine if. It the movie juggled her and it juggled its three talented leads. leads well, yeah. And I don't know if it does. And so the effect is, it takes a while to sort of set everything up. And there are some mm-hmm. things like Emma Stone doesn't like working in the kitchen and she burns her hand or whatever, and yeah. like none of that is really all that important. Some of it is story work that gets us kind of to where we are, right? But it takes so much time doing that to start off. Yeah, that's how I felt. Well, okay. So you'd rather have seen it with like Emma Stone, like beginning with her already working there, and uh, just kind of seeing her get closer. Maybe. I mean, if we we could just go through and just shave off stuff that we think isn't necessary, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying in the construction of the script, I think it takes a while to get going. It it does. I don't disagree with you. For the first twenty minutes, I was, you know, having a dark night of the soul, which was. Had a few facets. One, am I watching the first bad Yargos Lanthimos movie? Yeah. Two, I, I was trying to think of other times that I started watching a movie and I was like, I mean, I, I could just leave at this point and I think my life would be the same. Oh, boy. And have I ever come back from that before? Yeah. And much like how if you are, if you go to sleep and you go, I'll never fall asleep, you know, not when I'm like aware of myself not being able to sleep right and i nah, 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 nah. you know yeah. your brain forgets the last 20 minutes or whatever of you trying to sleep right mm-hmm. that happened to me with this like we were an hour in and i was like get, get her get her <laughs> cool eye patch you know like yeah I, like yeah. i was in yeah so it worked yeah but that spell took a long time to to get rolling yeah i, w- I wouldn't disagree with that um i i think this movie is charming in some ways, um, I don't. You don't. No. Um, in fact, every, I never laughed when anybody else did. No. It has. It's not. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I think it is a comedy. Yeah. Uh, and the Golden Globes nominations. Yeah, it is. Um, it's like all of his movies. There are absurd things that are funny. Yes. But whenever the movie clearly stopped to pop the tension and to g- and gave you a funny line i just thought those were weak and it, it killed it killed in the eye everybody loved all I, the I know. goofy dumb things that emma stone said or did in order to just deliver some some humor and i'm like no we're supposed to be trading g- going down on each other for sparkly headbands right now I, like you're yeah, supposed to be so wound up and like i don't understand what's happening yeah. this is ridiculous I know. I must say though, I really did enjoy the the dance scene. I thought that was marvelous <laughs> and hilarious. I guess um, it was so bizarre, so very Yorgos Lanthimos um, yeah. awkward dancing. Yeah, and maybe this is this ties into what I was saying before about how you're going to portray a ruler, but it's also how you're going to portray a world. All of Yorgos Lanthimos movies take place ostensibly in the real world, but not with with like fake people. Mm-hmm. I don't mean not believable. I just mean like who would do this, right? And that's what 
the whole alienation effect of the weird dialogue is, is that you're supposed to be very aware of these people and like, I'm going to do this. Not like I'm going to subtly imply that I'm doing this. Right. They're just going to say what they're doing. So we can see these, you know, Titans clash. Mm-hmm. And it, when you set something in the world of a court of, of the restoration, uh, everybody already is acting fake. They are yeah. going, oh, yes, madame, of course. But meanwhile, they're like, poison and poisoner. Right. Killer. Or yeah. like, I'm screwing her brother and she doesn't know. Like, right. nobody's real. Dangerous liaisons. You know what I mean? Like, that's what that's all about. It's at the school for scandal. It's mm-hmm. all about, like, people saying one thing and doing another. And so, True. how do you do a y- Yorgos Lanthimos thing? And the answer is, you don't. We're not going to fill that flat effect box. Okay. It's not going to work. Do you know what yeah. I mean? People are just like, Nick Nick Holt did a great job, but he's just like, I am a guy with a goofy wig in a powdered wig movie. Yeah. And th- so it wasn't like, yes, it's a diving watch. It goes down to 200 meters. I like the metal band more than the leather band. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. They just. I was like, how are they going to get away with it? The answer, they're not. No, they're not. They're not going to do but it. But we are going to have a scene where we're breakdancing at like a... Yeah an old timey dance yes so my i think they should have either gone all the one way gone all dangerous liaisons and had it be you know period accurate or whatever uh-huh. and just commit to that or have her pull up in a car <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean <laughs> or like or just have her be like homie don't play that you know just have it be totally um normal modern vernacular because some of the scenes were very modern in their vernacular yeah they were a lot of F words. Yes. Which I know it existed back then, but I don't think it would have been employed in the same way right. that there was in this. But there was just a sort of modern parlance mm-hmm. and breakdancing. Yes. <laughs> or like crumping. Yeah. Uh, which I thought, you know, was funny, but it sort of clashed with the setting. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely not of its time um, and maybe took people out of it a little bit. But I, I thought it was very funny. Let's talk about the ring-tailed lemur in the room. Okay. Oscar-winning actress Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. How'd you think that she did in this film? I think she did okay. Um, I I think it's hard for her not to be Emma Stone in things. <laughs> A little bit. Um, Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> or at least for saying the truth. Um, I mean... I generally speaking like Emma Stone, but there were some times where she said things and it was just like, that's a very Emma Stone way of saying that. It's yeah. not, you know, very restoration-y or, you know, it just didn't seem of of this time. Um, she she gave a lot of like two like weird looks. They got a lot of laughs. Um, yeah. You know? Great stuff. The... <laughs> that were like she'd say one thing and like just kind of look another way and just be like, yeah, right, okay. Um, like her interactions with um, Masham, who she ends up marrying, yeah, were ridiculous in a lot of ways. Like and she, I get that, she like bites him. I get that she's sociopathic. Yeah, and just you know she's obsessed with with power, or at least you know not having to scrub the floor. Uh, and getting her title back or a title, but it's like, does she like him? Does she like him a little? I think she Is must she just like using him, him a little. We don't know. But it's we don't know. We no. get her 
you know, rolling around in the in the leaves with him. And then we later on, he shows up and she's like, yeah, get out of here. And it, it's fine for her to be capricious in her desires or to be manipulative. But I just didn't feel I didn't understand where we were at any given point in terms of her affection for him. Yeah. Or yeah. just or the way she was using him. Like they get married and she's they're not even going to she's she can't stop thinking about whether she's safe or not. Yes. But then let's have a funny, absurd sexual situation go on. Right. Which I guess is. That's your But also didn't service this. Yeah. It's one thing to have the guy in the lamp shop like (laughs) make Angelica, you know, say all the dumb things that his dead girlfriend or missing girlfriend said. Yeah. But then out of that pathetic (laughs) situation, we get both humor and a lot of deepening of like. What the, what's going on with the character? Right. But instead, we just get oh, it's funny that she just wipes jizz off her hands. Right. Off camera. Yeah. And there's our button, and the scene's over. Right. I'm gonna talk. I'm not gonna go on and on about Emma Stone, but I'll say one thing. Yeah. It is. She is just Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And there is a a charisma. There's an invisible tool in the in, in the, I guess it's all invisible. Actors don't actually bring a toolkit to set, but there's an <laughs> invisible toolkit, a tool in the in the actor's toolkit, which is just like presence. Yeah. Which is just like acting without acting. Mm-hmm. That she does not possess yet. Okay. And partially it's because 50% of the real estate of her face is her eyes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's her tool. Mm-hmm. But both she and Rachel I really love Rachel Weisz also has an Oscar, yeah, uh, deservedly, but she does tend to play the same character a lot. Yeah, a lady who's been put upon. Put upon. She's got some problems. Yeah, she's kind of keeping her head above water. She's got a sense of humor about it. Right. But who knows which way it's going to go? Right. She does that a lot too. Mm-hmm. But it, she does that in this movie. Mm-hmm. But she is also, but the constraint of her character, who is a lady who is supposed to be on top of things, does not get to emote much. Um, actively, and yet you get such an understanding of what's going on with her in every scene without her yelling, without her going, oh, I don't even believe this. Oh, what's this? Right. Uh, oh, no, no, miss, please don't hit me with that switch. Right. <laughs> or whatever. It's like you just understand from scene to scene what's going on with her. In fact, this was a mistake, I think, on the director's part. There's a scene where she has an emotional realization about something. Mm-hmm. I won't say what it is. Okay. And so she's kind of walking to this room. She's walking one way and she's just walking. She sees something that she doesn't like. She turns around and comes back. And as she comes back, she does that thing where a character's like, I don't even know. The room is spinning. I don't even know where I am. Yes. That type of thing. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking and about. And she's, do- she's doing that, that kind of tropey thing. And then you'd expect her to get halfway through that and like, <laughs> fall on her knees and oh. Right. And she doesn't do that, but you see that she is surprised. She's heartbroken. She's dismayed. She's worried about her job. She's worried about the country. She's worried about her husband who is fighting in the yes. war over there. Even though it's too much, you, you, you're getting all of these things. Yes. From her. Mm-hmm. And in eh, any given scene, I know that Emma Stone's either happy or sad. Right. Right. Um, she, Emma Stone, I think, emotes a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. There's no complexity in her yeah. emotion. Yes. Uh, whereas, whereas Rachel Weisz, I, I feel like 
like you're saying, you get like a deeper understanding. Um, and uh, she has, you know, um, an unfortunate thing happened to her, and she says that she's been to hell and back and she says to Emma Stone maybe you'll be there someday or you'll probably go through that someday Um, but I think she actually you know feels like she's been to hell and back and like um, she you know um, she wants the queen to accept her back into the fold and it doesn't exactly happen how she wants it to yeah and there's something that I really do like about the script which we can't we try not to spoil stuff. I guess it's literally history, but yeah, she at one point feels very threatened, and she's got like one last play to make, and she basically um, commits like an emotional, actually like a literal sort of blackmail situation. Yes, uh, against the queen, mm-hmm. and it's a betrayal of yes. her friend, of her lover, of her trust, and all this stuff. And she makes it. We don't get a lot of because this movie follows Abigail mostly. We don't get a lot of looks into her motivations and how she feels about what she did. Right. But she goes back to her room and she immediately burns like these letters that she threatened to use. Yeah. So whether or not the plot's going to work, we see that she has remorse. All she wants is for the queen to accept her back. She doesn't actually want to destroy her. It's not a situation right. where it's like I've got a gun to this bunny's head. <laughs> You know, <laughs> if you don't say something funny, I'm going to shoot this bunny. Right, right. Uh, run, run, run the jewels. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, no joke, blam, dead bunny. Right. It, you know, it'd be like you put the bunny away, but you let it go free. All she wanted was the outcome. She didn't really want to hurt. That's right. And do what she threatened to do. And yes. I think that says a lot about her. Yeah, I do uh, Ultimately, too. it is more, the love is more important to her. Mm-hmm than you know her station or the the political aspect she knows that that's important but she isn't willing really to give it up right um i felt like the the music is really important in this film as well which i think is something that yorgos lanthimos has it's all right has become more important to him well if it there's a really strong choice with dread there's yeah well there's one part that does and there's a really strong choice that's made in this succession of scenes near the end that sort of builds up this tension mm-hmm. and they do that by just having, you know, a single violin go. Yes. Huh, huh, yeah. It's just like thrumming huh. of a violin. And I'm like, is a car yeah. alarm going off? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that if you, if it draws attention to itself, maybe it's not as effective. I guess I see what you're saying. And it was just like so if I noticed it, maybe it wasn't such well placed. Time to get freaked out. Yes. Time. <laughs> Too. Yeah. I think it was a little much. Oh, okay. All right. I I thought it added to it, but No slow motion. Yeah. Glad we didn't have that on the board. No, I know. Let's get the board out. Let's get the board out. This is of course our Bingos Lanthimos board where we play bingo with all the aspects of the films of Yorgos Lanthimos. That is correct. Now, do we have a total for the last couple films? Um, I have one for um, killing of the, the killing deer? of a sacred deer, and uh, well, suffice it to say, I think the highest we've had is like twenty two, twenty one, twenty two, something like that, and yes. the lowest we've had is eighteen. 
The killing of a sacred deer was 17. 17. This is, of course, a 25-square board with one free square. So there are 24 elements that we have identified as being... Pre- I don't know if they're key, but they're definitely present in the films of Yorgos Lanthimos. That's correct. So let's start with the first one. Uh, the first one is unsexy sex. That is, at this point, a complete and utter given. Yes, I would agree. Um, stilted dialogue. <sighs> Once again, we run into the problem of what that means exactly. Yes. And I think I said before, well, I said flat affect before, which I actually might want to come around and... That's a different Mark square. Off. I know so, it is. I know okay. it is. So, is there stilted dialogue in the way in the way of how many stickers do you have? I have forty-seven. Um, right. I don't think there is. I don't know if there is. I think I, this one's getting I, left blank. I felt like the beginning of the film kind of felt a little stilted. It did. Like, I was because you you have that Lanthimos ear. Yeah. Well, but you gotta go to the doctor for a Lanthimos ear. Well, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, as I do too. And I started listening in the first five minutes, and after the first five minutes, I just quit because I was like, I don't think it's gonna be consistent either way. No, so. but she was talking about the rabbits, and she was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna talk to your rabbits or something like that. Yeah, but even somebody going, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Like that is both modern and not Younger's Lanthimos. Right. So, yeah, I don't think that this one gets marked. Okay. Next one is head trauma. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. What kind? What flavor would you like? Yeah, I know. How can you get a, three women all bitching each, at each other and like two major head wounds? I know. <laughs> and a stroke. So, yes. Yeah, I know, right? A stroke that we don't see, but we can just assume happened. Which seems like it, it, was, it wasn't It was tough to assume, but... No. That seemed like a missing scene? Did that seem like something got cut out? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Because um, just all of a sudden, like the side of her face, she wasn't talking that great. Yeah. So... Um, adults acting like children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And herself. Yep. Making up a game. Okay, so this one's rough, and you can tell me what you think, but I think when they go to the mud baths and they draw the mustaches on, and they're like, I'm Mr. So-and-so, I'm Mr. Blah-de-da. Like, they're they're playing a little game. Yeah, I think so. And also when she's like, I'm going to race some lobsters, and then we can eat them. Oh, they're racing lobsters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or duck races, yeah. yeah. Yeah, games are a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, violent punishment. Somebody gets whipped. Yeah. With a birch. Body horror. Okay. Again, we run into the problem of how do we define what body horror is. Right. But we do have one person with gross sores all over their body from gout. And yes. we've got something, and we've got a, a character who gets a really bad facial scar and instead of just having like oh now there's a scar on your face like we get a close up with the you know crooked stitches and everything yes. and i think that this finally we can define at least in this case body horror to be emphasizing th- the injury to the body it isn't mm-hmm. like a like an action movie where a guy gets shot and well he just goes down that's all we know right if we then it had to explore the bullet hole, you know, because I need right. to get that bullet back. Or it's my my fa- my grandfather gave me that bullet. This is a weird <laughs> scenario I've created, but yeah, I think that that is what we're talking about when we talk okay. about body hoarder in this case. So okay. yes, um, inane discussion about material objects. Blanket, yes. I'm looking for a signature Yorgosian. Yeah. Thing. I don't feel like they actually talk about material objects at any one point, though. There, the queen loves things. 
Yeah, she loves things. She loves... How much of this is tied to the sort of complete flat emotional tone of the descriptions? Yeah. Because we we find out a lot about those rabbits. We do. But then we find out that there's one for every child she's lost. Yes. And both ladies cry and show emotion. And that's like... What is this, Mary Queen of Scots? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then later on, in what must be an ad lib line, they're feeding the cake or whatever the cake was on set to the rabbits. Yes. And Emma Stone's like, they do like it, and that's like that sounds like Emma Stone. Yeah. You worked with a dialogue coach for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about when the queen wants hot chocolate and like Sarah's like, don't give it to her unless you want to clean it up afterwards. I don't know. I guess maybe we could change the square, but it's it's the fetishization of something. This is hey. my sparkly headband. Right. This is my diver's watch. These are my rabbits. My friend has one that is like it. Yeah. I don't think their objects aren't that important in this. I don't think they are. Unless you can think of something. I can't think Save of anything. Save this. Save it. I I can't think of anything. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, they ask what happens to her. The queen asked her what happened to her dress, and she said she was attacked by wolves. <laughs> Which is, again, it's literally a screenwriter going, well, we got to have something. I know. <laughs> but it, it's a, it seems... It's not not funny. I just... Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, and then just, that's that's the joke. Move on. Yeah. But they, like, follow up on it later because she's talking, The Anne's talking to, to, to a courtier or something like that, and she's like... I don't think there's wolves in the forest, are there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's because, uh, yeah, because they can't find what's her name. Um, yes. So, no, the answer's no. Okay. I think it's a big no. All right. Unless we want to talk about, um, unless we're talking about the wigs. No, I don't think so. He loves his wigs. That's true. But again, I think it's just for humor. So. Yeah, I think so too. Crap. Uh, flat effect. I think so. I think there are times that Anne you know, is, is petulant and childlike. And there's other times where she's just like, whether she's overwhelmed or yes. she's just blah. Yeah. So, um, bribery. Yeah. 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 Awkward dancing. Maybe should we, should we change that to sexual bribery? Uh, the bribery almost always has to do with sex. Yeah, I know. But we'll keep it bribery. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's awkward dancing. Almost as if they were like, well, we got to get that square on that. Yeah, I know, right? card. I know. They just put awkward dancing in. I know. For no good reason. Yes. As if I was controlling this somehow. <laughs> I was very excited to see the awkward dancing. Yeah. So, so click that one off. All right. Uh, misnaming things or people. I don't think this happens on this film. Don't immediately. Did you think about it at all? I guess you said think. Yeah. Uh, don't immediately dismiss it. Um, everybody has a name that's not theirs. It's whatever they're the Duchess or Duke of. Well, that's true. Um, and um, Sarah and the Queen have pet names for each other. So I guess that could be something. I don't know. What are their pet names? Like Mrs. Mallory or Mrs. Molly or what have you. Um, Isn't that her and like Ms. husband's? And Miss Freeman. No, she's Miss Mar- uh, Lady Marlborough. She's the Duke of Marlborough. Yeah. Or the or the sorry the Duchess of Marlborough. Yeah. But she was. Or, well, I guess her husband was Churchill. Yeah. Was the Churchill supposedly descended from them? Oh really? Supposedly Lady Di is too. Remember everybody because. 
Winston Churchill's not exactly like you know high in the nobility, but they're all inbred. Oh, so. yeah. Okay. I'm gonna save it. All right. I'm gonna save it for you. I do this for you. Okay. I think that the one guy says the thing. The one guy. Crap. Who's the one guy? I don't want to lose this. I don't know. We can't have dead air. So no, either I, you got to say know. something I, I have, or I have to I, talk and think at the same okay, time. I, I think I can handle that. So I'll talk and think at the same time. Okay. They call each other Mr. Blah, blah, blah when they're doing the mustache stuff. Oh, that's true. They do do that. <laughs> that's not the spirit of this thing, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, they have pet names for each other, but I don't. It was a big swing from yeah. Dogtooth to keep this one going. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But the fact that you walk right into Alps and it's like, I am Jenny, your daughter, and not whatever my name is. Right, exactly. That's solid. But I don't think that we can keep it going. Twist it far enough to make it work this time so keep going okay uh then it's the free space yep then identity erasure i don't know that that is present in this or not i mean i think abigail turns herself into something desirable as the movie the starts queen. she has lost her identity well, that's true. She was. She, she's not a lady anymore. Right. I don't know how high in the peerage she was, but she was the daughter of a lord. Yes. And she has lost all that. And she shows up in a shit covered dress. Yes. So the movie begins with identity erasure. All right. Okay. Unless you want to add a stepping on bunnies box. No, I do not. Um, Animal cruelty. Yeah. That's I, what we should have. Yeah. Uh, well, we got sadism. Yes, we do. What's next? Self-mutilation. I believe that is present. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, inappropriate family interaction. <sighs> yes. I think if your cousin poisons you, that's inappropriate family interaction. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it, doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be sexual. Yeah. It usually is. Uh, American culture intrusion. I don't think that's present in the film. <sighs> Dun, 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 dun. My palms are sweaty. Oh my god! Knees weak. Arms are heavy. <laughs> Gotta find American culture intrusion. Not spaghetti. <laughs> I can do this. If I had one shot, would I take it? Oh my god! Or let it slip? Yeah. Um. <coughs> the shooting of the pigeons or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Go back to everything we haven't checked yet. Yeah. And and apply it to the pigeon scene cuz I forgot all about the pigeon scenes uh-huh. which by the way were fine they they were good uh they were funny but they are clearly now let's put our characters back together so they can show how they hate each other and they secretly want to kill each other right. while they shoot birds. Yes. I just instead of clapping sarcastically, I hit the windscreen on my mic. So that'll have to substitute for me clapping okay. sarcastically, but all right. I was not impressed by that. Okay. Um well, let's see. The ones we have not checked are stilted dialogue. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Okay. I mean, or do it in your head. Okay. Um, I don't think America doesn't exist, so it would be really tough for that for to be culture a to thing. Be there. But yeah. I don't know enough about dances to do. Aren't there at one point they're doing that one disco dance where you put one up, arm up in the air, you yeah. put one arm behind you to touch the ground, and yes. then you like 
it's like a Russian hip thrust, you yes. know, when you're bouncing out. Yes. That is a disco dance move. Disco is an American art form. Mark it down. <laughs> okay. If Where a rapper can sue Fortnite over intellectual property for a dance, that is an American dance. Okay. Or you could pick the greatest American intrusion of all, Emma Stone. <laughs> Whoa. Mic drop. Does it work still? I'll check the levels. Let's see if it works still. (laughs) I did drop the mic on that. What's the next box? Stickers. There's absolutely stickers. I know. Oh, oh. Would you like a sticker of crow to chew on and then swallow? (laughs) Wow, calm down. Oh, how you scoffed. All right. How you scoffed. All right. There are absolutely stickers. I know. And I wasn't even, I was worried about so many other things. I wasn't even really thinking about it. And I thought, how am I going to convince her that those moles that they stick on are stickers, even though I just said stick on? And then in one scene, for no reason except, we got to get that square on that board that Aaron made. (laughs) There's a guy has like a lion, you know, a heraldic lion sticker on his face. I know. And I was like, yes, mark it down. I think there's like a half moon too at some point. All right, fine. Um, next one is predatory authority figures. Uh, yes. Don't you think? Um, I mean, we can argue about it, but I mean, we literally have an authority figure in Sarah who is she? <laughs> she's like whispers in a cad, car, carriage ride. You're gonna be back in the streets. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, what do we want? I know that's very true. Um, next is sadism. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, stepping on a bunny's head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Which, by the way, at this point in the film, what do you want from us? I know. They're either, Sarah is a human being who's doing terrible things because of, of her passions and what she wants. Yes. Like a good Yargos Lanthimos character. Right. Abigail is just a caricature. Yeah, like, and the movie starts off, and we think like, "Oh, she's this fresh-faced girl," and we never really chart uh, 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 the, the the real identifiable path of her becoming somebody. We get that she gets that she's got to destroy somebody to win here, and she can use and power is a useful tool, but she goes from like being the girl in the little dress to like stepping on a bunny's head, and it's like, how I did know. we get here? I know. Except she's just the bad guy, I guess. Well, she kind of is. Like, they show her at a party, and she's been drunk, and she sits on some other guy's lap, and her husband, like, looks over, and he yeah. looks really disappointed. Right, for no good reason. Why not be like, well, I mean, I guess it's in her character, but like, well, I got rid of uh, the chick from Constantine. Yeah, Now I, know. I can just live a life. I know, right? Instead, it's like, well, it's party time. Like, yeah. she just has always been bad. Yeah. But why doesn't the movie... Show us something very early on that tells us that she's, she's trying bad. to be nice, you know, or trying to pretend that she's nice, but she's just always she's been not bad. really. Otherwise, yeah. she's not really a character. Like, yeah, she's just a caricature. Yeah, absolutely. What's the next square? Sexual fluidity. You got a lesbian queen. Yep. Uh, performing. Lesbian queen, good cover man. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, it's a good name. Freddie Venus. Oh my gosh. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Write it down. Freddie Venus. What's don't write it down. What's the performing is the next one. I mean, when they do the dance, kind of. The lady. They're performing. The or the girls. Oh, the that's right. There's singing. a singer. Yeah. Um, pets definitely. We've got yeah, the bunnies. Yeah. We got pets. And we've got ducks. Yeah, we got we got pets. Um, next <laughs> one is is a no bathing suits. Were the pets real? 
Next one was a no. Yes, your petty little victory after That's I won victory. stickers. After I won stickers. I'm not I'm not happy to Pets, not check them. It, it, were there, was there really 17 bunnies? No. We better put them in there. Got to get that square. Yeah, I know. On Bingo's Lanthimos. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, no, there wasn't uh, because people did not have bathing costumes or at least not many. Yeah. There's a part where... You know, Rachel Weiss wears like a bathrobe when she's going to the mud baths That's or whatever, true. which is the closest that we get. But yes, yeah. you are right. There are no bathing suits. Um, actor's heads cut out of shot. So here's the deal. He used a very professional cinemat- uh, cinematographer on this. He did not do his own cinematography and he did not use um, any of his cohorts. Uh, he did use his longtime editor, though. Okay. Uh, so, no, I don't. Think I don't so. think there are. Yeah, either. I couldn't think no. of any. I mean, it's okay. it's framed up very classically. Right. The one sort of thing that they use is they use a lot of fisheye lenses. Do you notice yeah. that? Mm-hmm. They use a lot of swivel mount and whip pans. Yeah. So they'd have a character walk in and you do that, which usually is like a comedic sort of <clears throat> shot where it's like, Queen, the peasants are revolting. And then it turns a 180 and the Queen's like, I'll say they are. You know, it's like, but I'm just. Um, right. And then there are also um, they filmed it in a in a real old house like from this period that is now okay. like a you know museum or a historic sure. site. They talked about how they had they used all natural lighting, and they had to be very careful with all the candles because they had hundreds and hundreds of candles, but they couldn't get wax on the floors because these are like the real floors from okay. like the sixteen hundreds. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, but they used a lot of fisheye lenses because they'd have like these long halls, and you could get like. Abigail literally walking from one door in this, you know, 100, 150 foot uh, long hallway to yeah. like the other one. Yeah. And also it, you know, increases her sense of isolation or whatever. Right. Um, so the we, answer is yes. Uh, yes for actors' heads cut out of shot? No, no. Okay. The answer is no. All right. I'm going to count them all up. And I will do a little vamp here. Ultimately, I really did enjoy this film. It is going to fight with Alps. For my least favorite, or let's say the last of my favorites. I don't know. <laughs> right now, I'm ready to say that I think I like this better than Alps. But for me, the world's biggest Yorgos Lanthimos fan, I do this, consider this to be him doing a duet. This isn't like his new album. He's doing a duet with Kiki D or something like that. Right. Which became a huge hit. Don't go breaking my heart. Yeah. But it's no madman over the water, you know? Uh, right. I don't know why Yorgos Anthemos is Elton John now, but <laughs> this feels like really good work for hire, but it doesn't feel like Yorgos Anthemos film. Yeah. yeah. I don't smell any Dolmades in this. Right. Um, What's your final score? Final score for the favorite is 19 out of 24. Not too bad. Yeah. So puts more us, than the killing of the sacred deer. It puts us solidly in Yorgos Lanthimos territory. Yes. What do you think of the film ultimately? Um, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I I do think it is his most quote unquote Hollywood like of films. Um I do think that there were a lot of really great touches that made it a Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, but it it does feel like at the biggest departure. Um which I guess makes me a little cautious and like I I I I I liked this film. I enjoyed this film. I, I do feel like it's a Yorgos Lanthimos film, but I, I don't want him to completely like 
leave his other films behind and like not do anything weird and bizarre and really Yorgos Lanthimos anymore. I don't think that he could make those films that he did make. I don't think that he was like laboring in a weird prison and now he's right. like, I'm free, I'm free. I can finally wear, you know, Chuck Taylors and eat hamburgers. Like, <laughs> I don't think that that's, I think that this will always be a part of what he does, whether it is watered down to the point where David Fincher sometimes oversilvers the film or like underlights it or something like right. that. But it's basically just making uh, blockbuster, you know, uh, bestseller books into uh, Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Time can only tell. Yeah. And I hope that it's not true, but without the prophesied, but even Cassandra didn't like her prophecies, without the my prophecy that he'll do a couple more, get sick of it, and then just go back to Greece and make weird movies. Right. <laughs> or make a weird TV show. We talked about that. Yeah, that'd be good, too. You know, Twin Peaks came back, and it was like, it's fine, but what about like a Yorgos Lanthimos TV show? Yeah. Um, I'd watch that. Yeah. Who knows? Well, uh, it's a thumbs up from the both of us, and you can definitely catch this movie somewhere. I think it is still somewhat limited in its release. Yeah, I think next week it's supposed to be wide release. Yeah, you can find it pretty much anywhere after that. Uh, It's going to kill, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll see, and we've been wrong before, but I I think it is Olivia Coleman's time, and I think that this is that sort of... I think this is going to eat Mary Queen of Scots's lunch. Oh, okay. I think that people like a movie that's like fine. this. They want something that's old timey and but accessible at the same time, mm-hmm. and yet has a spark of something. Yes. And that spark is the Domaitis leaves. <laughs> uh, so I think it's going to do well. I think it's definitely going to win a couple Oscars, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Hoping this is the start of something good. Yeah. Something tells me. Yeah. <laughs> All the ladies, if you feel me, help me sing it out. Well, that's it. Uh, boy, you can go on about something that you love, but I think it was worth it, especially how long this took. Yeah. What's the What's the new... Do we pick a new filmmaker? Do we set up a vigil for uh, the next Lanthimos film? Yeah, I don't which know. Which hopefully is due soon. Like a countdown? Yeah. Keep watching the maybe, sky like NORAD for Santa. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Santa, uh, coming up in the work, uh, month of December, we've got a couple big movie releases that we'll be covering. Yes. We'll be talking about the release of Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And also about Aquaman mm-hmm. and other things that are coming out in this holiday season. Um, maybe maybe Mary Poppins. We'll maybe. We'll see. Might yeah. talk about that. Be the first time I think we've ever talked about Mary Poppins before. But uh, that's genre. It is. Comes from a, a set of weird books. Yeah, it does. It's a classic film mm-hmm. that has dancing penguins in it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Which is, if, I mean, that's weird. Yeah, it is right? weird. Yeah, for so sure. That probably fits right in. She's, she's a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> she flies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if Godzilla had attacked right then? <laughs> Put your money down. Godzilla or Mary Poppins? Oh, I think Mary Poppins. She defeats the Antichrist Harry Potter in the uh, third volume of the 
20th century League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I like it. Comics, you got to read those. Yeah, I do. Especially now that you've seen performance. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we'll be covering. In order for you to cover us covering it, who watches the watchers while they're watching? That's yeah, what I want to know. I don't know. Uh, you have to follow us on social media at Facebook and Twitter. Go out and search for Just Enough Trope. And there we are. And also follow us or subscribe to us, I should say on your listening platform of choice. And while you're on those platforms, give us a review because we want to hear from the fans and know how you think we're doing. And also give us a rating at the very least because that's how these services that I speak thereof are going to know that we are doing a good job Mm -hmm. and how we are going to move up in the ranks and be able to reach more people and tell them all about a little Greek filmmaker named Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes. So uh, give us five Yorgos, Bingos Lanthimos bingo cards i like it which are available still on our website i have a link in the show notes if you want to play yourself you can while watching some of these great films also you can apply them to other films we did that for performance um, yeah the week before for performance and yeah. honestly it got pretty close i think it got 12 well 12 that's half yeah you know 12 out of 24 is not too bad it's not bad so you can play yourself with any film at home but while you're doing that uh, give us five stars Mm -hmm. instead we'd appreciate it Uh, like I said we'll be back to talk about other comic properties and nerd properties in the future and wishing you an early happy holidays yes we're signing off I'm your host Caliban I'm your co-host Mikahana keep the geek fires burning (laughs) 